Yeah, yeah, what is good? You know what it is, baby. You know them vibes, man, J Street vibes in the building. It's your mans, Kenny Caraway. What's good? And this is Jason Jones uh, coming to y'all on... He's back. Yeah. I don't know if this is Mamba Day, Mamba Week, but, you know... It's Mamba Week. He got shoes coming out all week, man. I had to turn off the television. I, you know, didn't want to be crying this week, and they they really messing with my emotions. Yeah, that Kendrick Lamar Nike commercial, that was... That hit me. That hit me. That That was a tough one. That was a tough one. So shout out to Cove, man. This is Mamba Day. You guys are going to hear this on Tuesday, but today's Mamba Day, man. Always and forever. Shout out to Kobe Bryant, man. Much love for, for the Mamba, man. Um, On Mamba Day, so here's here's what we're going to do. Not much going on in Kingsland. We could talk about hypothetical trades and Buddy Hill trades and all that other stuff, but we, we'll, we'll save that for a little bit. We could talk about hypothetical general managers. We'll save that for another day, all right? Right now, the NBA playoffs are popping off. So we're going to use this episode of the J Street Vibes to really dive into the NBA playoffs bubble style. And I guess we're going to start here since it is Mamba Day. We're going to start with your boys, Jason. The Lakers commanding 3-1 lead as they gangsta slapped the Portland Trailblazers. Hey, man, stick a fork in these in these guys. Uh, the, the, the butter's getting hard. The, de- the jello's jiggling. It's it's whatever with these guys. They done, man. They done. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, because it's just that was the greatest, the greatest eighth seed ever. And I kept reading all <laughs> along how the Lakers were in trouble, and oh my God, the Lakers better be scared, and oh my God, the Lakers better be worried. Oh my God, the La- I was like, yeah, this team. I mean, as much as much respect I got for what the Portland did, let's not. That let's not act like they didn't have to fight, scrap and claw to get past the Sixers without Embiid and Simmons. I mean, I, I just I just felt like a lot of the oh my god, the Lakers are in trouble was driven by we hate the Lakers. Like there was just a large portion, whether it be the media or fans, that really wanted to see the Lakers lose. So it it, it it kept driving. I'm like, if you just watch any of them, I'm like, this might be, a, I kept on saying, Dame can get him two. I said, he can get him two, but they can't, he can't get him four. I could say he can't get him four. And mm. kind of, you see how it's going on, you know, now, you know, the Knicks and the little, you know, bumps and bruises are piling up for Portland. They had to do a hell of a lot to even get here. So, and I mean, the Lakers are just too much. They're They're bigger than them. I mean, and it goes without saying they play better defense. Yeah, they, that's now that's where they. I think they turned this series around. The Lakers stepped it up in a major way on the defensive end. And one of the things I think that, well, optimism. I, I look. I didn't think that the Blazers were going to win the series. I thought they could push the Lakers, maybe six, maybe seven. But I never truly believed that they could win the series. But the thing that raised the eyebrows was in Game One. Portland won, and it didn't feel like they played that well. So you felt like, okay, they stole one. They can get, you know, two of those Dame games. That's three. And now you're just looking for somebody to go, maybe a CJ game or something like that. So I think that's where it came from. But like you talked about, the Lakers defensively, it's starting in game two. They just turned it up, man. They they turned it up a notch. Well, they the Lakers defended well in game one. Portland only had 100 points, and they shot under 40%. The Lakers True. just couldn't hit a damn shot. True, true. I mean, they missed about 15 just wide open shots. And if they just make four of those, they probably win that game. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, this is. They were know, up, it, what? They were up six with like three minutes to go or something uh, like that? About seven, six, seven minutes to go, they were up six. And then Dame got hot. Dame was still on that roll. But, you know, the point God has done a good job. <laughs> and he has know. played well though. He has you know. no shade. No shade whatsoever. Caruso has played very well. I, I will I will tip my hat to him. He's not he's not a bad player. He's he can play. For real. Like, yeah, he's he done a, yeah, he's done a yeah he's done he's done a good job of I'm not I'm gonna be lying say so he shut Dame down, which is not what happened. But what he's done is he's played solid defense, made Dame take contested shots. After that first game they stopped a you know, stop dropping back on that that high pick and roll. They said, "Okay, mm-hmm. he's gonna shoot that thing from I don't know thirty eight. We got to get up." So they fixed that, and 
And basically, you, now you make it tough on everyone else. You make it tough. Well, yeah, and that's the thing that I see. They they had a game plan of we're going to guard Dame straight up with the you know with whoever's defending him, but there's help all over the place. If need be, we will double and get the ball out of his hands. And if Carmelo has a throwback uh, series, if CJ McCollum averages 35, if uh, Nurkic, you know, and Gary Trent average 20, if he, what, then we'll just tip our hat. But Dame Lillard is not going to beat us, period. He's not doing it. That was the game plan that they had. And that's the right game plan. We'll talk about another team that probably should have the same game plan a little later in the podcast. But... Uh, <laughs> But that's what the Lakers did, and they executed to perfection. Plus, they have the length to really make it hard, too. A lot of times, Dame sees the double team, and there's like, you know, seven-foot Anthony Davis, and Caruso's sneaky, like 6'4", or something, 6'5", or something like that. And then you got uh, Danny Green or something like that. They're, they're big and long, and they they cut down the angles, man. So, uh, great team defense by the Lakers, man. Got to salute them for that. I, I don't know if we should be giving all this Lakers – praise on this this is a king's podcast is this sacrilegious for me to be doing all this no because i mean we ain't even touched on luca so i mean at this at this point for king's fans they can't even be i mean the lakers is secondary it's like (laughs) yeah they want to hate on the lakers but it's like shit like i said uh, uh sunday you know generally i'm kind of you know detached so to speak from you know the feelings and just kind of say it is what it is but when Luca hit that shot, I legit felt bad for King Sans. I'm like, because people started blowing up my phone like, oh, my yeah, God. Man. Oh, my God. You should be covering him. I'm like, well, I really had no say in that. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. And I remember back in 2018, fans mad at me for simply reporting why the Kings weren't taking him. And I said all along, I don't know enough. I'm not a scout. I don't know enough about Luca to tell you that he's not going to be good. I don't know. My first mock draft, I had the Kings taking him. But it became quite apparent they weren't going to take him. Right. You know, and so it, I had nothing against him. And I was also a big Michael Porter Jr. guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I had Luca or Michael Porter Jr. before I would have taken, you know, a, another big man. But, hey, yeah, what do I know? I agree. No, I agree with that completely. But, you know, Jason, I said this on the radio show, man. D-Lo and KC, 12 to 2 on ESPN 1320. Check me out. Uh, you know, I'm really, like, it's time to move on. And I know some people will be like, oh, it's a generational player. You don't just move on from that. Yes, you do. Life goes on. Right. Yeah. Life goes on. And I as a basketball fan, I really enjoy Lucas talent and what he's able to do. And the thing that's frustrating to me is not that he could have been a Sacramento King. It's that every time he does something good, we have to hear people talking about how he, you know, could have been a Sacramento King like not the the fact that he's not if this makes any sense the fact that he's not a king doesn't bother me as much as everybody bringing up the same point every single time it's like we get it do you think you're tweeting something new like something that <laughs> is revolutionary that nobody's ever thought of we get it he's in Dallas like i said um on the show Jake Shuttlesworth telling Jesus there's nothing i can do to bring your mother back son okay Luca ain't coming here it, it's it's a done deal Let's enjoy the fact that he is a great basketball player and not that the king pa- the king's passed on him. I, I I would like to get to that point. I don't know if it's realistic, if we ever will, but it's time to move on. Yeah, really I, you know, I know people would be like, when the time you wrote about Vlade, it'd be like, well, what about Luca? I can't. Yeah, they mention got the man Luka. fired now. So I said I can't well, mention want? I can't mention Luca and every you know. Vlade Divac was at a game, Divac, comma, who did not draft Luca. <laughs> I mean, or every time I read about Marvin, Marvin Bagley, comma, who was not Luca, comma, <laughs> missed 20-something games with a broke time. Like, you know, it's like how much more can, you know, I, there's not much more you can say. I, I always say, you know what, I get people's frustration, but I have to live in the present. I can't live in June 2018. But I mean, I, I mean, like I said, I do feel their pain though, because I, 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 I feel it. I, I understand it because the whole idea was that if we suck this long, at some point, we've got to get somebody who's going to help, you know, turn this thing around. And 
really in that in that's in their lottery window since 2006 they've come across you know one all-star in DeMarcus and outside of that you know maybe Dio maybe DeAaron and I think but you know but that's not that's not a given especially in the west but I think what bothers people so much to this day is that you know for years, it was like, you know, Vlade loves the European players. You know, he drafted Papa Giannis and, you know, you know, signed, you know, Bielitsa, which turned out to be a good decision, you know. But people at the time thought he overpaid for Bielitsa. Uh, you know, he, uh, you know, traded for Bogdanovich, you know. So, it's like, he likes his European players. And they're like, here is the European player of them all. Right. And that's the guy you don't take. And right. I, so, I mean, I get it. I completely get the frustration. And until, I think until this team does something that can make fans forget about this, they're going to keep talking about it. It's not going to go, it's not going to go away because really, you know, because with Marvin being injured most of this season, you can't even talk about what Marvin did to make you forget about Luca. I was saying that's the biggest thing. That's what I talk about as well. And first of all, look, I'm not trying to be fan police. Fan however you want to fan. Tweet your heart away. I don't own your timeline or your Twitter, obviously. You can tweet whatever the hell you want to. And, and this is just my opinion. You, you know how people always uh, get angry with you um, if you're like saying something different than them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I was agreeing with you, you'd be like, yeah, preach. Keep doing it. But because I, I'm on the opposite and they want to tell me to shut up. But, you know, do whatever you want to do. But... DeAndre Ayton hasn't been goddamn Hakeem Olajuwon, but he's been on the floor to actually look decent. And that's and that's kind of one of the reasons why Phoenix skates so much on this, because at least their guy's actually playing and he looks cool. And when Bagley plays, he looks cool. I'm not saying by any means he's Luka status, but he looks cool. But he hasn't been playing. So now it's looking like you're getting a complete zero because the guy can't even be on the floor. And like I said, I just think that's where the Kings take the brunt of it and Phoenix skates is because the guy that they use to pass up on is actually on the court putting up 16 and 10 or something like that. Yeah, and for God's sake, the Suns had Luca's national team coach who didn't draft <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, there was enough where you say, you know what, if the team with his national team coach didn't draft him, or is you know if you no know, they didn't draft him, and if Vlade, who's known the kid basically his whole life, didn't draft him, and then Atlanta would rather have Trey Young instead of him, well maybe something's right. Maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe they know something. Turns out they were all wrong, and I'll say this too: no one knew they'd be this wrong. Right. Now this I is mean, crazy. Nobody saw this come. I don't give a damn who you are. Your damn life, you saw a 40-point triple-double coming <laughs> year two in the playoffs. Right. You didn't see that coming. No, yeah. I mean, because there's no way to predict anyone would do this. Right. I mean, I'm trying to think. Well, people saying it might be the greatest game by, like, a young player in the playoffs ever. I still say, no, the greatest game by a young player in the playoffs ever was Magic Johnson as a rookie. Magic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, let's not act like Magic didn't drop forty-two and fifteen in a closeout game on the road against a, against Philly, with Hall of Famers on the other side. Let's you know, let's, let's calm down. You know, I understand a lot of people <laughs> watching the games now are like you know in the NBA know, finals. In the nice. finals, yeah. I mean, for as great as that game was, it tied a series at two. It did not, you know. So I mean, so I mean, I I, I get the excitement. I, I mean, it was a hell of a moment. You know, especially think about Porzingis didn't play. They don't, they they got her there with a win, even though for some reason uh, Rick Carlisle stopped playing Trey Burke, who was killing the Clippers, and then he put him Man. back. I, I, I was like, why do they keep taking Trey out? I'm like, yeah. and, and putting Maxi Kleba out there to get abused on defense. <laughs> so, well, let's let's get into this real quick because number one, let me just say that was the stuff legends were made of a Luca dig. That was. Phenomenal! It was a it was a moment I'll never forget um, as a basketball fan. So shout out to him. But I I, I need I, I talked to my man about this, uh, Jason, and it, the man Kawhi Leonard had a great game. He balled out. You can say he's him and Lou Williams are the two reasons why they were able to claw back into that game 
have a chance to win, get it into overtime, take the lead, all this other stuff. But there is no way on God's green earth that Kawhi Leonard should be switching on the final two possessions of the game off of Luka Doncic. And not only switching, but he did it so easily. Just so, I don't even know if it was a real screen. Just somebody came in his way, then it was an automatic switch. And there's two things that went on here. Number one, either Doc is saying, switch everything. And then um, Kawhi Leonard comes out of the out of the huddle and says, I don't give a goddamn what Doc is saying. I'm not leaving Luka Doncic. Or Doc is not saying switch everything, and Kawhi did it on his own. Either way, Kawhi is wrong. And I use the analogy here. I said, we talk about Kawhi being the best in the game and, you know, the best in the playoffs. And, you know, he's all this and that. And I and it's all warranted. I love Kawhi Leonard. But if LeBron James would have done the same thing that Kawhi Leonard did in that moment, he'd be getting destroyed for the next 48 hours. I can't let Kawhi off the hook. It was inexcusable that he left Reggie Jackson to stand there with a blindfold and a cigarette and have to guard Luka Doncic. Absolutely inexcusable. (laughs) And know what's funny? It reminds me of, on a lower scale, of course, how the Kings kept letting Nemanja be a Lisa guard to rock DeMar DeRozan. (laughs) Yes. And I kept saying, well, why don't you, I mean, the thing is the Kings don't have a guy maybe outside of Harrison or maybe Bays where you say, hey, no, we're not doing that. But it just shows you how how tricky that thing is because guys will just, you know, and I, I don't get it because like Kawhi's a killer. He's a killer. And if you look, if you look at the end of that, he was locking up, not Luca, towards the in that overtime in the fourth quarter. Every time he guarded him, it was it was trouble for Luca. Like he was doing his job. He's supposed to say, "No, we ain't switching this. I'm not switching him." Yes. But I get, I, I get in that late second situation why you switch everything. I understand that, but part of it is too. You give credit to Rick Carlisle. They got the matchup they wanted. They knew what they they could get the matchup they wanted, but yeah, I mean, I was watching you know, some of the post game stuff, and I was just saying to myself, is either is either Kawhi or Paul George going to say, give oh. me, give me Luca? I think. I Paul mean, you George both that, to do it. You 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 supposed to be the two best wing defenders in the league on the same team? What the fuck are neither one of y'all on him for? There should be no moment in the game where either Paul George or Kawhi is not on him if they're both in the game. I did not. I'm like, what the hell is this? Why is Reggie on him? Yeah, they leaving damn Reggie Jackson and and Marcus Morris out here to to switch off on. Him. I mean, you're you're 100 right, Jason. One, they need to be on him at all times throughout that game, anytime that he's on the floor. And you talked about playoff P. Pandemic play, and I'm I, look. I stalled him out a little bit, right? Because as, as somebody that 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 has played, and just you know, I, you don't even have to play to understand it. Some as an athlete of any kind, right? I'm gonna be honest with you, Jason. It start. I know the jokes are flying, and it, you know it's all good. It's funny. It's starting to get uncomfortable watching Paul George because clearly, clearly, he has something going on in his head. When he gets to playoff basketball, clearly it's not just, oh, he gets a little nervous. I think he's all the way psyched the hell out and he needs like a sports therapist or something like that because it's it's starting to get uncomfortable. Did you see the do? You, I don't know if you remember. I may be the only one that remembers it. You remember like an overtime he gets past Luca or whatever, goes for a right hand layup and like hits the backboard in the side of the rim all by yeah. itself. Well, mm-hmm. you're six, eight. How does that even happen? How does that happen? I, 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 it's, it's crazy. And they need to get him back on track, not just on the scoring, but like you just mentioned, put him on Luca, give him the assignment, get a feel for the game starting on a defensive end. I think that's an excellent idea by you. Yeah. I just don't, I, I just don't get it. I mean, but the thing is, this has been the Clippers all year. They're inconsistent, you know, and they look disjointed at times. And the whole thing we heard all year was, you know, Hey, when it gets to playoff time, though, when we get to playoff time, uh, when they were when they had some some kind of shaky look outings in the uh, seeding games, when they get Lou and Trez back, it, there's always been a when this when this happens for them all year. Well, when when this happens, this is gonna it's gonna change, and you know, and and it was crazy. 
I can say as a it was funny as a as a Laker guy when all that talk about them giving up all those guys for Paul George, I kept saying I wouldn't give up all those guys for Paul George. There's people I, that think Paul George is going to be moved this off season. <laughs> they better talk to GM Kawhi Leonard about that. I mean, you know, Kawhi I mean, might be the one orchestrating it <laughs> after, after this performance. I mean, and, and it's just crazy because. I mean, Paul is getting all the slander right now. I mean, he is getting so much slander right now. And partly because Paul, like, doesn't be quiet. It's like, yeah. it's like you go to the IG. He brought it on himself. You go to IG, run, Why y'all talking about me? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and then you go out and play worse? <laughs> like, you actually get worse after you post that? It's like, come on, man. But Paul, I mean... Oh, you know, but I was saying for years that to for me, my thing with the whole Paul George playoff thing goes back to his Indiana days when I forget what year it was, but I want to say they had a game six, game seven in Miami, and everyone except Lance Stevenson looked shook. And I was like, what the hell is this? I said, no wonder y'all can't win. Lance was he's, the only he's guy. He's never who, done it in the playoffs. He he did it for that that first year that you're talking about. You know when they pushed Miami to seven, he was great for like you said six games, and then ever since that game seven, he ain't done shit in the playoffs. You know, you know. Then the, my probably my favorite clip that surfaced from the from the weekend was the media bit where they're showing Carmelo and, uh, <laughs> and Russ. And they said, now that you got to play with playoff P and they go playoff P. Oh, that's what he's calling himself. <laughs> I was just like, it's just, that's all that was. yeah. And it's just like, I mean, and Paul's getting hate from LA outside of the Clipper fans, because remember when Paul was campaigning to be a Laker and then, all of a sudden, when he gets to the Clippers, I was never one to be a Laker. I was always a Clipper fan. And then the internet doesn't forget and pulled up all the Clippers and about how he loved the Lakers <laughs> growing up. I mean, it, it, you know, the same dude who had a doggone celebration with Russ and Nas to stay in OKC, a year later goes like, trade me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't want to be here. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, but you know, but hey, I mean, that Paul's brought a lot of this kind of social media hate on himself. He has, he and the only has. way to, you know, then then you've got the whole, you know, the whole Seth Curry thing, talking trash <laughs> to him, and that whole I don't get in people's you no know, personal business like that, but that's going on. You know, it's just so. I mean, a lot of this is just generated by you know a dude from Palmdale. But, <laughs> wow, another shot. Another it's not, a, it's shot. Not a, it's not a shot. It's just he's from Palmdale. And people are like, he's from LA. He's not from LA. He's from Palmdale. Palmdale's damn near in the grapevine. <laughs> so, I mean, is, uh, six he's from. Flags, man. Yeah, he's from Southern California, but he's not from LA because this is not some LA ish behavior. <laughs> you know, but we should leave. We should. We should leave. We should leave Paul George we'll, alone. We'll leave Paul alone he's real a. Quick. He's a. He's a great player. You know, he's just not having a great series. But he needs a. He needs a psychiatrist. A he needs to get it right though, because that boy Luca is coming, and he did that to them without without Porzingis. And I'm like, I really, I really do think though, if you're looking to get Paul George, um, in the flow, you need to give him the assignment. I mean, you should probably give it to him anyway, because that's what he's there for. But you know, put him on Luca and be like, "Look, man, if you score zero tonight, but you hold Luca to twenty, then we're winning." You know what I'm saying? That should be his focus. Typically, when you do stuff like that, you know they start to the players that might be struggling offensively. They start to get a feel for the game, maybe get an easy leak out off of something like that, get some layups, get to the line, things of that nature. That's the way I would do it if I was Doc Rivers. But I you know, agree. I, don't know. I mean, because you know. Yeah, you got to give him something to focus on. Because right now, Luca's laughing at them. Yeah. Luca's yeah. like, y'all got two of the best defenders in the world, and he's laughing at them. So mm. I want to see one of them take it personally. Yeah. This will be 100%. like, you know, just take it personally. I mean, because right now they're saying, you know what? Y'all don't want this with him, so we're just going to run our stuff, and we're going to get either Lou Williams or a Morris twin or – Reggie Jackson or anyone on Luca except you two, and I've seen it. I've seen it plenty of times. I saw Kobe did it. I saw 
I've seen LeBron do it in the past, where your best player has to say, you know what, coach, fuck it. Fuck what we're running. I've got him. Well, y'all can switch. I am not leaving him. Somebody got to do it. I don't, I don't know if it'll matter. You know, I'm, and I'm not saying the Clippers are about to lose this series, but they, I, I, my prediction for them was that they would be in trouble in the second round, personally. I just, I, just, I just was not sold on this. They've got more talent than everyone. Therefore, they're guaranteed to win it all because I've always said only five guys can play at one time. I, I, look, I also don't know if they're mentally tough enough. Like, they just seem kind of mentally weak, mentally lethargic out there, mentally and emotionally lethargic with how they approach the game. And I, I don't know. I, I don't – like I said, I, I – I have, I guess, I haven't given a, a hard line stance on who I think was going to win the NBA championship this year. Um, they were up there; they were a team that I was definitely leaning towards with, you know, Milwaukee and the Lakers. Um, but I, I don't know, man. They just emotionally, like, like you talked about this situation with Luca. You got two of the, the best wing defenders in the game, and they just kind of letting it happen. Like, uh, it's just okay, whatever. Like, you letting tra- and letting Trey Burke happen. Trey Burke. And Trey I don't want to hear. And, and I love Trey Burke. You know that. Go, 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 blue. You know, former Michigan Wolverine. But come on, man, this guy was on the scrap heap. And I don't want to hear. Well, if once they get Patrick Beverly back, I don't want to hear that neither. Uh, well, look, I'll say this: at least Patrick Beverly, I think, might give a damn. Not to say that they don't, but Patrick Beverly might. All right, let me let me guard him. And that's kind of the problem because Patrick Beverly is like one of the smallest guys on the court, and he's like, let me guard him. You've I got Paul the heart, George that's Kawhi not Leonard. I don't no. No. All that shit y'all talked last summer, well, maybe y'all weren't talking, but all that shit y'all pulled to get together last summer, we're going to have this this dynamic duel. I don't want Patrick Beverly on Luka. Mm. He ain't the max player on that team. He ain't the all-star on that team. It's you two. Y'all do something about it. Don't wait for Patrick. Because this team has spent all year saying, when this guy gets back, when that guy gets back, when that guy does this. It's always been something. And everyone's giving them a pass because, well, they got Kawhi and they got Doc. And and I've said, as much as I love Kawhi as a player, and let's not act like he wasn't going against Alonzo McKinney last year. <laughs> I mean, and, and <laughs> the I'm not... drive-by on Alonzo McKinney. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's facts, though. It's facts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not to say that they would, we don't know what would have happened if everybody was healthy, but he wasn't going against KD. Yeah. You know, he wasn't going, you know, and even with all that being said, until Clay tore his ACL, I thought they was heading back to Toronto. Nah, Toronto was going to get that game. A lot of people I, I, like to say that. Toronto was going to get that game. I don't know. I mean, I thought they were, but who knows? But I'm just saying, you know, people were willing. I think, like I said, part of it is people hate LeBron. They were willing. They want. They want to put people ahead of LeBron so much. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. Kawhi's better. KD's better. Uh, Luca. Uh, y'all gonna respect this old man? Y'all gonna respect? At that the same old time, man. though, um, while we're talking about LeBron, real quick. I mean, I didn't catch his post game press conference. Was it? Was it hard with no fans tonight? Did he mention that at all? No, oh, just stop. Is it difficult? I, I don't. It. I mean, he won, so I don't know if. It's still LeBron, hard fans or Le, nothing LeBron like that. LeBron is not the one. You know. He ain't the one bitching about it. It's members of my profession <laughs> who want to keep bringing up dumb shit like that. He, he keeps saying it. He keeps no, saying he's it. getting asked about it. He's not saying. He's There's, not. He, he's confirming. He's not. He's not saying no. He's not walking in saying, hey, everybody know how we're doing. No, there's no fans. Yeah. Basically. No, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> And y'all trying to get me in trouble because someone who I work with asked that damn question. No, Jason, we we need you to stay employed. We need you on the on 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 with your team, man. So we not even gonna go no further, okay? No, I'm just saying, no y'all gonna leave y'all gonna leave that man alone. LeBron ain't did nothing to nobody. Well, he did something to the Portland Trailblazers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jason, uh, I, I've enjoyed the bubble and everything like that, but you know, we we are on a. We're not on a time limit, but we try to keep it tight. Plus, we got a Jones on the Road uh, segment we want to have for this episode. So is there anything else in the playoffs that's catching your eye? I I feel like in the East, for me personally, in the East, um, next week is when we're really going to dive into the East because it's about to pop off. The East is about to pop off next week. Well, Milwaukee and Miami and Toronto and Boston, it's about to pop off. I love 
that that foursome right there in, in the yeah. Eastern Conference. Ready for Miami to beat Milwaukee? That's how you feel? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I'm not going against my man Giannis just yet. I ain't doing it, man. I'm not doing it. But I, Why I, I, not? I see it. I Why see not? It. I see just for the hell on. of it. I, I I have no intel just for the hell of it. Let's just say that. But, you know, yeah, Ooh. let's not dive into that. But I will dive. We can just real briefly touch on the Philadelphia 76ers. RIP to the process. Brett Brown, who gave his who gave his coaching life. He <laughs> he, he literally his coaching record literally died for the process. Yeah. My man went out there and had a 10 and 72 season. Oh, my gosh. For in the name of the process, you know, and Brett was yeah. fired, you know, and now he was did all- do what three years to try and do something with this team, though. Yeah, I'm not saying that he shouldn't should not have been fired. I'm just saying that that win loss percentage took an L from the start. Yeah, hopefully because they, they I take mean, that off the the permanent record. Imagine that <laughs> you're 62 games under 500. <laughs> that's cold and that's cold. i'm pretty sure one of them wins came against the kings that's what's funny about it yeah i think they lost to them at philly the kings I I remember the, that the, game. the kings love losing to the process sixers tj mcconnell went went to work on them boys they loved losing to that team it, it, you know they had the one game where demarcus was killing in the first half and they just stopped giving him the ball i mean they, the, the kings i remember one of the last get one of the last times the sixers came to arco this was Spencer Halls was still on that team. No, oh, boo. And, and I remember, boo. Oh, oh, I, Spencer was my buddy. I used to call <laughs> Spencer my favorite. I used to call Spencer my favorite Republican because we both like pro wrestling. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but I remember they came back and Spencer's hitting shots and making fun of the fans. And they won that game. And it was such a bad thing that they won. They traded everybody like in the next couple. They're like, this is some bullshit. This is be winning games. <laughs> They just start trading people like, oh, hell no. You know, but I just, that thing was, the process might have worked out better if they had made some better decisions in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they'll never, I think Colangelo and his burner account and all that stuff or, you know, all that, you know, will never live down that trade with, with, with Danny Ainge, hustle him. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that was major. Got them, got them picks, got, you know, because I'm convinced Danny would have still taken Jason Tatum, number one. Yeah. He was not going to yeah. take Markel Fultz. I don't, I just don't see how he was going to do that. played them boys, man. You know, you know, made played that happen. Like sucker. You know, that happened. And they also drafted such notables as, you know, Norrell, what, Nolan's Norrell, Nolan's yeah. Noel, excuse me, uh, Jaleel Okafor. And they that's about see before the Kings were collecting bigs, the Sixers were like, we're gonna collect bigs too. <laughs> so I mean yeah. they you know, remember they had Dario Saric on that team, yeah. and then this is the it's just a weirdly built team. It's like I didn't understand the Al Horford signing. I'm like, why are you trying to have two centers? Especially when you're paying two max money center. I don't I I didn't get the Al Horford thing. And if it if it came down to Jimmy or Brett Brown, I would have got rid of Brett Brown last year. And kept Jimmy. Jimmy was what you needed. And he seemed perfect for Philadelphia, just the culture in Philly. He seemed perfect. And they let that get out of hand and let that man sign and train his way down to Miami. Yeah, yeah. and now you got to figure out some stuff. I mean, you're paying to you're paying Tobias Harris a lot of money. You're paying Horford, you know. And this is where I worry for Kings fans. Because they're like, well, maybe we can make a trade with them. Like, you don't want that Al Horford contract. I said, no, 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 no. no. Al, Al did Al did you a favor last summer by not taking your money? Yeah, no, because, I, don't, I don't want the Al Horford contract. Because uh, some some of the Kings' best moves were because people just didn't want to be Kings. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, not because it was some smart move. It was like because well, shit, Al was not going to be a King. I was like, yeah. why the hell are y'all linked to Al Horford? You guys aren't close. Yeah. I, I digress. I just it just. Well, the thing the thing with the Sixers that I was talking about on the show with, with Damian, shout out to Damian Barling, you know, shout out to Be Her Platform, um, is you look at the Sixers and the way they're presently constructed, I think they slide down to like the sixth or seventh best team in the East next year. Yeah. Because well, they were got, they were six they were six this year, right? 
Yeah, they were. That's right. That's right. So they were Couldn't six win on this year. And I don't see them getting like they don't I don't think they have a chance to crack the top five. You know what I'm saying? When you talk about Toronto, Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, and I'm throwing Brooklyn in there. I think Brooklyn is gonna be better than them next year. Oh yeah, definitely. I just don't understand how a team with two all stars, current all stars, a third former all star in Al Horford, a, a borderline all star in Tobias Harris, a good player in Josh Richardson, could not win road games. That was crazy. Like, how do you guys? That was not, crazy. How are you guys unable to win on the road? That makes no sense. None. You know how are you so bad on? It's a damn shame you're going into the bubble. People are saying, you know what? This might work for Philly because they won't have to deal with hostile road fans. I'm like, <laughs> have you ever heard hostile Philly home fan? The road should be a respite for those guys. Right. right. Philly that's fan a, is one a, of my favorite fans. Yeah, Philly fan don't take no shit. And so, I mean, this is, it's been a, I you know, I, I it was a interesting seven-year journey. I mean, I think. If it had worked out better, you might see more teams trying to employ the let's tank, tank, tank method. But it also goes back to prove that if you still make bad decisions, whether it be to draft or free agency or trades, yeah, it ain't going to work. Like, that team should have Landry Shamit on it right now. Yeah. You know, That's that team You know that team needed shooting, and they traded it for a damn a big-ass small forward who's probably a four in today's game. So, I mean, yeah, you know, but shout out, you know, R.I.P. to like I said, you know, the thoughts and pr- thoughts done. thoughts and prayers to Brett Brown. Like I said, he g- he gave his figurative life for the process, and I think he'll <laughs> I think he'll bounce back fine. I think he'll be fine. I think I, he will too. I yeah. think you know who knows? Maybe he'll end up on a you know a coaching staff as a lead assistant somewhere, or he'll take a year off and hang out and chill and then get re- paid. Yeah, I think I think checks for you. Yeah, I think I think everyone understands that you know Brett had his issues as a coach, but overall, it took a lot of it took a lot of discipline and pride, and like you know, and to to weather that. Like I said, you go, you know, some of the seasons they had during the process. I mean, he had a hundred and two players over seven years. Mm, At one point, he's insane. Yeah, that is a ton of players. It's a 12, 15 man roster. Yeah. He had 102. <laughs> and I remember one year at one point, they, almost every player on their roster had been in the G League that season. So it's like, you know, it's like, that's amazing that he didn't go crazy. Yeah. But I will say this too yeah. before we go, you know, go about Brett. He was always transparent discussing the situation. He didn't try to sell you no shit about what he was going on. You knew that every game that he coached during that process, there was going to be about a four-minute window where he was going to pull his good players and give mm-hmm. you a chance to win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and you know, and you knew it, and everyone understood what was happening. So, you know, so I I commend him for, you know, try, trying to stick it out. You know, seven years is a long time, especially in the modern NBA, modern sports. To get that many years with anyone, a long time. Yeah, that, I think that's, that's yeah, a, that was probably what two contracts at least right there for him. Yeah, so, you know. got to think about it now yeah. in the league. But Pop, Spo, Carlisle. That's about all you got. Terms of, seems like a evolving door. Yeah, may, maybe even now, Mike Malone might be on the way out. Yeah, yeah he I thought he was safe as I don't know what twelve I, months ago. Yeah, I don't know about that. He he shouldn't be on the way out. I mean, I don't think he should either. But it's such a neat. It, know how it is in society you know and and coach it's such a knee jerk you can't never lose you know what i'm saying you can't and whenever you lose you're on the hot seat nobody can grow and get better and develop and all this i mean malone went to this thing they had the COVID thing i mean they're probably about as bad as the kings when it came to being hit by covid and then they don't have will will barton or gary harris right now Oh, man. Kind this, of a big deal. I mean, if you kind of want to understand why Donovan Mitchell is going off like this, Gary Harris, you know, he ain't, you know, I don't know. He ain't, you know, Tony Allen, maybe. Dude, yeah. yeah, he ain't, maybe he ain't Joe bad Dumars with Mars in, in you know, Detroit. But Gary Harris would be helping with that defensively. So, yeah. you know, 100%, yeah, so. so. Yeah, I mean, um, that series looks like it's about done. Utah's going to advance. You got any. Uh, prediction on Houston and OKC. It looked like Houston was going to run away with this series, but OKC uh, in back-to-back games 
came back from double-digit deficits to tie that series of two. I still think Houston is going to win the series. Um, but OKC, man, they might have figured something out. I want to see if they. I want to see if Russ can get out there. I don't think he can. I I, 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 I don't. I don't, I don't think, think we see him in the series. Yeah, you know. To me, if that's the case, I think OKC can can, can pull it out. I I think they can. I don't know if they will, but I just think Houston is so hit or miss. Literally, I mean, you know, if they're going to rely, you know, because if they're not making threes, you know, then it's you know they don't. What what, what can they get easy? Outside of a heart and drive, or hard trip to the to the foul line. I mean, they get and killed even on, when they drive. They look to kick out the three. Yeah, they get killed. <laughs> they get killed. They get, they get killed on the boards. You know, and that's I thought fine. they defended a little better in this in this uh, series than I've seen them defend. Yeah, in that, recent years. Yeah, I've actually before before the stoppage, I thought they're defensively. They at least defensively, they looked a lot better. You know, you, you got Covington, you got Tucker. They got some guys who will defend. It's just, you know, live by the system, die by the system. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's it's going. You know, it's you got the whole the whole backstory between Chris and, and James, and you know, and then then one last cold blooded joke when someone said the Thunder traded Paul George for a player who would show up in the playoffs. I'm like, that's that's, that's wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I like Shea Gilgis Alexander. I'm like that. That like, that is horrible. Uncalled like, for. I'm like that. I'm like, for. and I, I like was Paul I'm George, like, man. Y'all gotta stop. And I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was wrong for repeating that joke, but it made me laugh. It made me laugh because it was like during damn. Game Three, Shea made a big shot, and then right on Twitter, damn, they traded Paul George for a guy who actually shows up in the playoffs. I'm like, oh god. But Paul George, if you listen to JSU Fives, man, can you at least just get twenty to get people off your back? I ain't say you gotta go off, but can you get a goddamn dub? You know what I'm saying? Just to get people off your back for at least can you 48 not shoot? hours. My can you goodness. Shoot? Can you shoot better than 25%? Make a right-handed layup for crying out loud. You're right-handed. You're just six foot 20. Make the layup. Yeah. Can you not be on Instagram talking about, don't talk about me. I don't care what y'all say. Like, clearly you care because you're on Instagram talking about <laughs> what people are saying about you. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's what's going on in the NBA playoffs. Before we get out of here, y'all know what it is, man. Get your popcorn ready. Gather around, kids. Jones on the road. We got a new episode, man. Jay Jones, where we at now? Oh, we uh, in honor of uh, the Lakers Blazers series. We're actually in Portland, and also in honor of the Republican National Convention. And I'll explain why oh, it ties geez. all into it. Uh, Twenty sixteen, Kings. You no, know, uh, the Kings are playing at home the night Trump is elected. Oh, and wow. so. It would you know within a, a, a day or two later they have a game in Portland, and at that point I usually got to rent a car in Portland because, you know, I would go down to Beaverton to go get my Nike shopping in. Then I, you know, there's a the cool little restaurant I would go to. The actually I read on I saw on Twitter is closing down, Le Bistro Montage. It was open to like four a.m. It was like you know Cajun food. I would always go there after every game. Uh, Jabari Young, who's now with CNBC. He turned me onto that place in Portland. You know, they have these crazy drinks. They even serve Thunderbird there. You know, for y'all who you know, what's Thunderbird? Uh, it's a so it's a beverage. It's an adult beverage, <laughs> commonly found in urban communities. You know, for a very <laughs> for a very low price. You know, okay. it's on that. Is it on the same shelf as a uh, Oldie and Coke Forty Five? Somewhere, it's, same it's, shelf? It's, yeah, it's near your Boone's Farm. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's near those quality bits, those, those quality liqueurs. <laughs> you know, some people mix their Thunderbird with grape Kool Aid. I've heard that. Oh, oh my gosh! I've heard that a quite a delectable, you know, delightful oh, treat. You know, but you know, I've had some crazy <laughs> That's drinks. That's the hood there. mimosa right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I had. I've had some great drinks there. I go there and have a good meal, but for whatever reason, I'm driving. My GPS was taking me. But the thing, it's under. It's like it was. It's like by the Morrison Bridge. So sometimes your GPS would take you on the bridge above the restaurant instead of taking you below where it is. So I'm driving on the freeway and I'm like, okay, there's a, then I drive onto a protest on the freeway because people are mad about Trump. I'm like, okay, how am I going to get my dog on uh, Buffalo chicken, macaroni and cheese through this protest? I'm, I, I get off this freeway. 
And lo and then, kid you not, I look up, I see someone pull out a gun. Oh, shit. And they start shooting in the air. I said, oh, shit. I'm about to get shot over this damn macaroni and cheese. Because I always go there for the for the, for the the macaroni and cheese with the buffalo chicken with the with the Frank's red hot sauce and the blue cheese crumbles. I had to have that, and I was like, "Am I really about to get shot?" So I have to like it's we're on this like this highway, but there's no divider. So I like literally stop the car, and I see people coming toward me, and I see the shots going up. It's, it's like a I want to say semi-automatic, because oh, it's not. Damn. And I'm like, oh my god. And then I hear someone say they got hit. So I literally put my head down and I do a U-turn and I can't see. I'm like peeking over and I'm like, I'm about to, I'm like, I'm like floor it to get off the, get off the bridge. Oh, shit. And yeah. And so me being me, I'm like, at the very least, I'm still getting my damn, my damn macaroni and cheese. <laughs> so I, I went and still got my macaroni and cheese. And then I, next morning I get up to go read. And I read someone got like shot in the leg. I'm like, oh, oh damn. Gosh. And all I wanted damn. was macaroni. I'm pretty sure the Kings lost that game. I mean, they did lose that game. But all I wanted was macaroni and cheese that night. That was a hell of a trip to Portland. I've never been to Portland. Yeah, and Portland's one of my favorite cities, you know, and I never thought I would encounter. Is it true it's like a Sacramento, basically? It reminds me more of Berkeley. Berkeley, yeah. It, it, it has a very Berkeley vibe to it. You go there, it's like. It's very Berkeley. It's it's way it's it's way more Berkeley than Sacramento. But yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the night I almost got shot trying to get the macaroni and cheese and pork, <laughs> and it was tr- and, and they were protesting because Trump won. So I blame him. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's his fault. And then the whole fact that the the the, the RNC is going on right now, and they were so angry. I'm like, yeah, see, it it was also triggering, you know, just because it all, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that would have not. I'm glad the story ended with me getting away and not, you know, hey, man, took a book. Me too, brother. I'm glad you're here to tell the story. Yeah. So, you know yeah. You know, and, and it, it reminded me of that DJ Quick song. I'm like, in Portland, is just like Compton. <laughs> you know, I was, I was like, yeah, let me get the fuck up out of here. You know, that reminds me here. Well, I'll give you guys a bonus story here. I'll give you a KC uh, on the road, I, I guess. I wasn't really on the road or covering anything. But... That story literally reminds me of the the first week or so I moved to Los Angeles. It was uh, during the 2009 NBA Finals, Lakers Magic. And um, I went to go watch the game. It was a clinching game for the Lakers. I went to go watch the game at my cousin's house. She lived in like Hollywood or West LA. I couldn't remember one of the two. But either way, I was like, uh, I'm away back because I was staying in Carson. I was going all the way through the city and I was like, man, you know, they probably going, going up in the city right now, man. Let me, let me uh, go downtown and just see what it's looking like. So like I was going and I really didn't know the freeways just yet. And uh, I was like, nah, I'm not going to go downtown. I'm a, um, I'm gonna just go back to the crib, man. I don't want to be around all this Laker stuff. So <laughs> I'm going and I, I missed the exit and I was like, oh damn, I missed the exit off the 110. Let me just get on the 10 West real quick, hop off the freeway. Then I'm going to hop back on the right way going 110 South. So I get there, 110, hop off, get on the 10 going West, get off on the first, uh, first exit. And I'm not sure where I was at. I wasn't in I don't think I was in a very, it was by downtown, but it's like on the outskirts of downtown. So I don't think I was in a great location, but I get off of that freeway. And as soon as I get off, the streets are filled with the Laker fans in there. They're having, they're driving down the street, honking the horns. People are, you know, coming out of their house. It's a, it's a party. It's a parade right there on whatever street that was. And I was like, damn. Like, I don't want to be involved in this shit. I'm just going to keep it. I'm going to lay low, man. I, you know, I ain't no Laker fan, so I ain't celebrating <laughs> nothing. So, like, two cars ahead of me, like, everybody that went through went down the street. We were going at, like, two miles an hour. They would honk the horn and, like, come out the window, like, yeah, let's go. And one car didn't do it. And, man, they threw, like, champagne and 
all kind of liquor on the car. I was like, get the fuck out of here. This is Lakers over here. Da, 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 da. I was like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, let me honk my horn. Let me, yeah, go Lakers. Yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. I, man, I was trying to get the line. hell up out. Of- <laughs> I was like, let me get the hell up out of here. Any, by any means, man. And yeah, after about an hour of going through this hood parade after the Lakers, uh, won a championship, I got the hell up out of there. And, um, yeah, I made sure I knew where I was going in LA at all times. Yeah. At that point, that was my introduction to LA at that Welcome point. Welcome to so. Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was a little bonus there. We had Jones on the road in Portland. I went on the road in L.A., so we got that. Um, but, yeah, Jay, that's uh, that's about it, man. We uh, we we going to be back. We're going to try and be back later this week. I'm trying to figure out this schedule, man, with this new radio show and everything. I'm just trying to navigate through it all. But um, really, I, man, unless the Clippers and Mavericks do something crazy – I think it's really about to pop off starting this weekend. That's when the second round start. And, uh, well, Boston and Toronto start on Thursday. But, you know, the the East might start on Thursday. But, yes, yeah, it's about to really pop off in the second round, man. I can't wait to see this stuff. Yeah, based off what we saw, I think the, the Lakers will be done. The Lakers might be waiting, but the Lakers should be done soon. And, know. and, sorry to cut you off, but aren't friends and family allowed starting in the second round? I believe so. Oh yeah, they're gonna be some guys oh, relaxed. Yeah. Some, some, some uh, <laughs> take the edge off. You know, you see tonight, guys are getting teed up. You know, <laughs> like, oh, take the damn edge. Like whoa, like wow, he's played. That, maybe that's what that's what that's what playoff P need. He need to get to the second round. <laughs> that may be the answer to all his problems right maybe there. Like, just, let's just get Paul to the second round. He'd be all right. He's struggling right now. FaceTime ain't working. You know, he he he, 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 he need a little something more. Let's just get him to the second round and maybe then, you know, gonna see some, you know, gonna see some, yeah. some, some maybe some guys will take off, some other guys will struggle. Because now they get now they get nagged and Mm-hmm. Yeah, they oh, had yeah. their alone time for long enough. Yeah, oh, I now, see you. back to reality. I see your little phone is ringing. You gonna answer it? <laughs> why oh. is your phone down? Why? Why is the face down on your phone all the time? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're getting back to reality. Yeah, now. I see. What you, you? Oh, oh, you ain't gonna answer? Oh, I, another <laughs> message. Oh, hmm, who is that? Don't let me stop you. Yeah, it's gonna be some. It's gonna be some shit in the bubble. Yeah, some. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we no shall doubt. see. We we will be here. There probably will be some next time we come back. There'll be some kind of Kings talk, whether it's rumors, any new news. I know Jay, you probably got to write some stories, do some investigating on what's going on uh, in the front offices down there on J Street or wherever they're Zoom meeting at right now. Um, <laughs> so I know you'll, you'll you'll have a little info on us next time. We just yeah. we wanted to uh, get outside the Kings bubble with this one and talk all about the NBA. So we'll be back on the Kings next time you, you guys hear from us for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So no doubt, man, we up out here. Shout out to uh, Be Heard. Shout out to our man, Damian Barling. Shout out to the producer, Big Rob. I'll see you, man. And uh, yeah, man, it's Kenny Caraway. Jason Jones. We up out of here, man. We'll see y'all.